Recently, a friend reached out to me with a quote credited to James Humes, which says, every time you speak, you're auditioning for leadership. It reminded me of you, she said. You're leading in ways that you probably don't even see yet, and I want you to know that I'm proud of you. Now, of course, that meant something to me, and it reminded me actually of an exchange that I had with a woman at a festival some years ago, and so I wanted to share that story with you guys today because it really shares some insight around the work that I do and why I do it. Welcome to the Hennapreneur Podcast, the exclusive podcast of its kind, dedicated to giving you an honest look at the realities of making a living as a henna professional. I'm your host, Chelsea Stevenson, a tea-loving, shoe-collecting mother of three in constant search for the most poppin' pair of earrings and the perfect shade of red lipstick. I'm also a professional henna artist and business strategist who went from barely being able to piece together a fluid design to being the owner of the most celebrated henna boutique in my city. I'm on a mission to help henna professionals to harness their skills and grow vibrant, profitable businesses that they absolutely love. If you want to make more money with your art, you are definitely in the right place. Let's get to it. Hey, hey, Hennapreneurs. So today I want to share a story with you about an exchange that I had with a woman while I was working at a festival some years back. This would have been around 2017-ish. Yeah, it would have been around 2017 when I met this person. And she said something to me that really... It, it changed the way that I view my work. It changed the way that I view the way that I show up inside of my life and business. And it really, to this day, it informs the decisions that I make. And so I wanted to just talk to you guys about that. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> I remember, so this is the deal. I was working with, I was working at a festival. I was working at this festival inside of my city. And I remember this woman walked by and she approached my booth. But like when she approached me, it wasn't like, it was very clear to me that she wasn't really interested in getting henna done. Like the conversation started as usual. Like she asked me what sort of services I offer. She asked me if I if I enjoy what I do. She'd asked if I had uh, taken the time to market to a particular pocket of my local area. She was really kind. She was really kind. She was very encouraging. Every time I would respond to her, like she it was very you know supportive, and she was genuinely engaging with me over this this, this short conversation. But I'll I cannot forget how interesting it was to me because I it I was it was very clear it was very clear that she was not interested in in getting henna done that day like she was not interested in the henna itself that is to say she complimented my work for sure she complimented my work a number of times and she definitely commented about how how the arts are disappearing she said that she loved what I was doing but she just did not appear to want to have henna applied to her on that day and that was something that kind of stood out to me and so we're having this conversation where she's like kind of small talking me, like feeling me out, but also not giving me any indication that she's actually interested in purchasing my services there at this festival, which is fine. I remember at the time it was actually like cold and rainy and it had the rains had just lifted, like people were just starting to come out. And she was one of the first few people that I actually spoke to that morning. 
And so her conversation was certainly welcome, but it was just like, I didn't know what to think of it. I wasn't sure what to read of it. And so we're having this chat. And after a few moments, she asked me how long I'd been doing henna. And so at that point in time, I explained to her that I'd been at it for seven years and that I'd started working as a full-time henna artist a couple years prior to that. I am, if you guys are not familiar with my story, I went full-time in 2014. And this being 2017, I would have been full-time for three years. And I, the expression on her face, like when I said this to her, totally changed. Like she was beaming and she, and this is for context so that you guys can like get a visual here. This is like this petite uh, woman, gray, white hair. She's wearing glasses, very like short hair, like um, just like almost, I don't want to say edgy. I didn't read her as being edgy, but definitely like unorthodox. I felt like there was this unorthodox kind of air about her, but she was definitely a straight shooter. Like she was someone who I can imagine being like in a boardroom and being like, no, that's a, that's just a stupid idea. Like she- I just imagined her being very direct. She was very direct with me, which I appreciated. But like for context, this is someone who I I read her as sizing me up. I did not expect for her to be complimentary in the way that she was, right? And so to see her beaming and for her to tell me how proud she was of me really meant something to me. And this is someone who was a total stranger, but she was genuine. And I could really feel that when she said it to me, her eyes softened, the tone in her voice changed, just the way that her face lit up. It was very clear to me that she she meant what she was saying. And she went on to describe to me how female entrepreneurs are necessary for the growth of our communities and that of our nation as a whole. She pointed out how women like me, women who are making our own money, taking big risks for the benefit of our families, going against the grain, quote unquote, are exactly what America needs. And she noted that my children, uh, because my children were there with me in the booth, if you've never heard me talk about it, I've always had my kids with me when I would work festivals. So when I first started my business, I was a single parent. So when I would work festival, like my son was there, he was a toddler, like he was there with me. And even up until this instant instance, this experience that I had with her, I just had my third baby. My youngest was born in 2016 and in October of 2016. So she was only a few months old. So I, as an exclusively breastfeeding mom, I I always had my kids with me. And even if I was working at a festival, like I have arrangements inside of my booth for my kids to be there. And she noticed that my kids were with me in the booth and she made mention of how happy it made her to feel to see that they were included. And she commented on how more people need to see this. She praised my work. She praised my family, my dedication. And then like she went on about her way and I never saw her again. And I thought about her for a while. What was interesting to me is that in that exchange, she mentioned how specifically how how more people needed to see things like this in times like these. And to remind you to set the stage, this was right after (laughs) we have we're dealing with the like Trump elections and like all of that as well as happening or had just passed, I should say. And for the community, like there was definitely this air of there's an air of obviously there's racism happening at all points in time. There's xenophobia happening at all points in time. There's a whole lot of sexism that's happening at all points in time. But like in that in that time this would have been april that this festival occurred so april 2017 that's right right after the elections and so there's a whole lot of strong heavy energy happening and 
it was just really interesting what she said. Okay. As I was reflecting back on, on the things that she said and the way that she said them, because she definitely was making an implication and she was trying to do so in a way that was gentle and that was acknowledging of my experience as a black Muslim woman owning a business, having my children with me, like all of this as an artist, all of those things she was trying to acknowledge and do so in a way that was sensitive. And I could appreciate that. I could, I received that. I understood that. And I, it meant something to me. And so the things that she said to me really stuck with me because while Henna for me, of course, has been an act of liberation, both from liberating myself from the corporate race and from other societal norms, which I'll talk to you guys a little bit about today. It really was something to hear someone else speak those words aloud. Like those were feelings that I had inside and it was something that I was aware of intuitively, but I'd never had a stranger acknowledge what I was doing in the way that she acknowledged what I was doing. And so it it, it sparked something for me. So I began working with working as a henna artist when uh, my son was just a little bit over a year old. I moved into working full time when he reached uh, the age to start kindergarten, which is around that time was also the same time that my husband and I realized that we were going to, we were expecting my middle daughter. And so I didn't look back like I went full time in work in my work with with my business because that was what made the obvious like it was the obvious next choice for our family. We had just moved across country. We moved from one state to we moved from Nebraska to Texas. So we moved across country and we had these small kids and I didn't feel comfortable leaving them with just anyone. And I really felt strongly about homeschooling my son also. So I never thought of Hedna as an act of quote unquote resistance or sticking it to the patriarchy or anything like that. Like for me, when I made those decisions, I made those decisions because they were practical. Like I made those decisions because that's what made the most sense for my life, for the life that I was wanting to build, but not necessarily through the lens of, oh, I want to do it because I, I like my heart was in that place. But logically, I wasn't putting those dots together yet in terms of what resistance looks like. And But it, 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 even with that said, like that doesn't change that it is resistance. And and so that's what I want to talk to you guys about today, just like how this informs my experience as a entrepreneur, it is very much informed by this feeling of resistance, this feeling of defiance against what would be expected of me otherwise. So like through my work, I, I get the unique opportunity to teach my children that they have the right and the capacity, not just the right, but they have the ability, they have the capacity to be or to do anything that they want. Like I raise them in my home where they can be fully um, influenced by me and by those who I feel are deserving to have that opportunity to impart influence in their lives. Like I get to curate that. I teach them patience as they're waiting for me to finish with my clients at, at the Henna Boutique. And I teach them presence when it's time for us to play or paint or cuddle together. Like I show my children and especially my daughters that they can be as confident as the as whatever like they can be confident and they can be successful and they don't have to be small they don't have to minimize themselves they don't have to hide they can be the amazing people that they are and the world deserves to see that from them henna for me affords me the opportunity to not only that as i mentioned i'm a homeschooler so it affords me the opportunity to teach them by example of what they're capable of doing it also gives me the opportunity to educate them about the, the everyday things, the practical things. I get to teach them addition and I get to teach them about the rain cycle and I get to teach them why black lives matter. I get the choice. I get to stay in bed with them when they're feeling sad or worrying about something. And I don't have to call into a supervisor to give me 
time off. Like I get to take them to visit with family or with friends without having to ask for permission for vacation days. Like I can teach my daughters that they're beautiful without worrying that someone at preschool is going to say something to her while she's there. Right. Like I get to encourage and include and nurture them in a world that would otherwise happily other them, exclude them and treat them as less than. And that is an act of resistance. My work with Henna is such that it allows for me to resist also in the economic perspective, which obviously you guys, if you're new to Hennapreneur, like <laughs> I like to talk about money. I'm not shy about the fact that I like money. I'm happy to make money and I want to help other Henna artists make more money too. But it, like you can't avoid this part of the conversation. In, in 2020, for example, in 2020, the average employed American woman made 82 cents for every dollar made by a man. That's near 20% decrease in wage just on the basis of sex. Not okay. Not okay. And if you take that a step further, one recent report that was published by nationalpartnership.org, it actually shows that black women are paid just at just 63 cents for every dollar made by white men. Native American women, 60 cents. Like indigenous women, 60 cents, dude. Latinas, if you're Latina, like I've got bad news for you. The average was 55 cents for every dollar that a white male made. What if you're working, you know, in the workplace. And then at, like Asian women. Now, Asian women is where there's they're the outlier. OK, based on the report that I read, they make around 87 cents on the dollar and it's still trash. Yeah, that's still totally unacceptable. It's still totally unacceptable. And for me and let me just pause and I'm just going to leave this kind of thought with you. These are numbers that are, are referring to women who are employed um, by a company, right, that are in the corporate world, that are employed by another entity. These are not the numbers around women who have their own businesses. We will talk about that in another episode because I think that it's important for Hendra artists to have that context when you're considering opening a business. You need to know what you're up against. But just from and, and honestly, those numbers are not they're they're pretty freaking depressing. But these numbers right here, like this is how the world values women, specifically how America values women in the workplace. And it's totally unacceptable to me. So for me, business ownership allows me the opportunity to create an environment where I can make what I want. I can set revenue goals on my own terms and I can tackle them on my own terms. Am I still going to face challenges born from systemic and institutionalized racism? Yeah, absolutely. I don't get to avoid those just because I'm a business owner. But I'm not bending myself to the will of like freaking Mark and HR who decides what my rate of pay is. That's not a thing. And I'm really proud about that. And economic resistance to me is incredibly important because if you don't have the financial backing, you have no power. Like we live in a capitalist society, period. If you don't have the money, you don't have the power. And so I find that it's a, one of the strongest and perhaps most important ways that we can exercise resistance is by having profitable businesses, period. And then finally, there's there's this cultural component because our collective culture is one that consistently tells women that they're not enough, right? We're not smart enough. We're not pretty enough. We're not strong enough. We're not wise enough. We're not wealthy enough. We're not experienced enough. You name it. We're not enough of it. And you know what's born from that rhetoric? Generations of women who undervalue themselves because they're afraid to demand more. That's what's born from that. You know what you find from there? Generations of women who lead miserable lives because they're afraid that they're undeserving of anything better. If I leave this, then I'm never going to have anything better. I'm never going to have anything as good. I'm never going to. Do you know what else comes from there? 
generations of women who are fucking exhausted because they don't have the opportunity or they don't believe that they can take a break for fear of falling behind. I think that that's all trash. Like all of it is trash. If this is the societal norm that I have to experience, then hell yes, I'm going to resist it. And if this is the cultural average or the, the, the status quo that I'm raising my daughters in, then yes, I'm going to resist it. Like I will resist that in every single place that I find it, whether that's by working for myself, choosing to homeschool my children, teaching my babies to be proud of their brown skin and their curly hair, taking more naps, raising my rates because I fucking feel like it, or teaching entrepreneurs around the world how to do any number of those things too. Whatever ways I can, I'm going to do it because that sort of resistance is important. I choose to resist the norm. My experience as a entrepreneur is one that allows me that opportunity. I choose to resist the average. I choose to resist the idea of settling. I choose to resist the thought that life has to be compartmentalized. I don't have to operate like a man. I don't have to, I don't have to do things the way that Mark and HR would do them. Like I don't have to, I get to make the rules. And so by um, empowering myself with that knowing and with that permission, I have created an environment inside of my business and that allows for me to approach situations with much more confidence because I know that I'm not only am I playing the game by my own rules, but if I need to change something up, I will. I'm the end all be all. <laughs> and it's while for some that might be a little bit scary. Also, please do understand that that is incredibly empowering to know that you get to make the rules, Right. If things don't go according to plan, you get to change that. You can move it. You don't have to. You haven't signed your name in blood anywhere. You can make adjustments. You can pivot. And for me, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for that sort of realization. And I'm so grateful, honestly, I'm so grateful for that woman, for having given me that food for thought, for having said the kind words that she said to me, because it was her saying them. It was her vocalizing those things to me and me having the ability to hear it back from someone else that really pushed me towards not just being more intentional around that, but pushed me to also expand into the next level of things for me. From that time, can I tell you, so that took place Again, that took place in that conversation that I had with her happened in April of 2017. In, after having that conversation and really leaning into my motivation behind why I choose to do this work, why I wanted to do henna, why I want to serve my community, why I, all of those things. It, it was at that time, it was April 2017 that I had this conversation with her. June of 2017 was when Hennapreneur was born officially. Not only that, August of 2017 was the year that, or excuse me, was the month that my business was featured as being the best in my city. So literally from her speaking those words to me, affirming what was, in, what was again, known to me in, inside, but really not placed at the forefront of my mind, her speaking those words to me sparked something inside of me that changed the trajectory of my life. And there are two instances, there are two specific instances that I credit massive changes inside of my life and businesses. The first was the young woman at the grocery store who asked me about my henna and that's how I started my henna business. And the second was this conversation. When I had this conversation with this woman, the words that she said, the look on her face, the way that she affirmed me, 
changed the way that I viewed myself and it changed the way that I uh, viewed what I was doing and what I was building. And after having that conversation with her in the spring, I had the best years that I'd had in my business after. And after having that conversation with her in the spring, I had the unique opportunity of leaning in and saying, no, you know what? I'm going all the way in. I'm not going to do this by myself. I'm bringing my, my, my professional community along with me. And that's when Hennapreneur was officially born. So with that, I the likelihood of her ever hearing this podcast is like slim to none, I'm sure. If by chance she were to hear this, I would love for her to know that I am incredibly and eternally grateful to her for the words that she said and for the way that she looked at me and for the way that she acknowledged my hustle and my drive and my kids in my booth <laughs> and how she said something to me with how she said these things to me with such kindness and such grace and I could never repay her. And uh, I'm going to say this, not just me. <laughs> if I can never repay her for the impact that she made on my life, then those people who I'm impacting, they can never repay her for the impact that's been made on their lives by just that little effect of her, of her saying the words that she did to me that day. So I just, I'm incredibly grateful and I just want to acknowledge that and share that with you guys here. So you have also a little bit of an insight of what it took to get me to where I am now. I had to really connect with my why. I had to really connect with what I wanted uh, to build for myself and my life and my business. And resistance was part of that. And with that, I'm going to wrap up here. I've gotten really excited. You guys, look, this is the first time I've dropped an F-bomb on the podcast. You guys are like... <laughs> I'm sure that there are a handful of y'all that are like, oh, wow, she's just lit. I got a little bit excited, but <laughs> I'll get off of here. But I did want to share that quick story with you. And yeah, if you're listening and this resonated with you, I just want you to let you know that, you know what, I see you and I support you. And to each of you who is building your henna business because you want to leave the world a better place than you found it. Listen, that's what we're here for. So you keep resisting. I'll talk to you guys next time. Are you working with me inside of Hennapreneur Pro? If not, what are you waiting for? Go to hennapreneur.com pro to join. Inside of the program, you get all of the guidance, motivation, and strategies that you need to start or scale your own five-figure business as a henna professional. Need to hone in on your technical skills and perfect your craft? Dive into the design lab where you improve your design composition skills and refine your signature style. Want to better connect with clients who value your art and are excited to pay you what you deserve for your services? Learn to elevate your brand and attract quality clients who you'll love serving while working inside of the Accelerator. Are you struggling to make strategic decisions as you grow and expand? Or do you crave support as you take the next big steps in your life and business? Take advantage of business and mindset coaching, which happen inside of the program every single week. Whether you're just getting started and want to launch a sustainable side hustle, or you've been working with Henna for a while and need help scaling to earn solid full-time income with your art and without burning out, Hennapreneur Pro provides exactly what you need to build your brand, book more clients, and make more money doing what you love. Listen, when it comes to operating a thriving henna business, there are so many systems, strategies, and techniques that you likely haven't considered, much less implemented. And I can't wait to teach them all to you, placing on the fast track for the success that you've been dreaming of. 
If you're committed to your vision of owning a business as a bona fide entrepreneur, then I'm committed to showing you exactly how to do it. Go to hennapreneur.com slash pro to join. I can't wait to see you and to support you inside.